Hi, everyone. Welcome to Snarky with Mike Feeney. I'm your host, Saint Martin. How are you? How's it going? You're feeling good? I am. It's December. It's December to remember. Toyota-thon, isn't it? <laughs> Exciting now. We did the post-Thanksgiving. Christmas is coming. Christmas time's going on. Nicole and I and Brendan Sagalow and my wife were going to a very exciting concert right after the show. We're going to go see Buble doing a Christmas spectacular with uh, the, the woman from Ted Lasso and Kermit the Frog is going to be there and a bunch of other people. Are you excited about this, Nicole? I'm so pumped. I'm a little bit starstruck that we're going to see Kermit. I don't really know how I'm going to react. Yeah. I'm excited to see the, the woman from Ted Lasso. She's got a great voice. And then, uh, oh, the Camille Cabela or something like that. She's on it too, but couldn't point her out of a lineup. But you know when a name just sounds hot? You're like, Camille Cabela, Cabela Camillo, whatever her name is. If it's Camiseta, I don't know. It's, it's a sweater in Spanish. Whatever that is, it's like, you're like, all right, I know what you're going to wear and it's going to be next to nothing. Or maybe she'll do the thing where she wears like a big Christmas sweater and then like knee high socks and then no. Did you just see what happened? That was crazy. No. I don't think that'll get picked up on camera enough, but maybe on audio it will. One of these ice cubes just exploded, I guess, and it just threw a just threw a shot of of ice booze in my face and hit me directly in the eyes and everything else and the wrist. That was crazy. Um what are we drinking today, Mike? Well, I'll tell you, you silly little goose. We are Drinking a Moscow Mule. First Moscow Mule of the show. Don't know why I haven't made this before. It's quite possibly the easiest drink to make. All it is is vodka and lime juice and ginger beer. And if you want to get a little fancy, you could do what I do, which is take mint from your garden, obviously, harvest it, and uh, and smack a few little things of leaf in there. Throw it in there, a little mint leaf, get a little mint, get a little mint twist on it, you know? Nicole, what do you think of the what do you think of the Moscow Mule? It's super good. I never really get these, but do you know what the history of the copper cup is? Like why they always use these cups for the drink? I would like you to look it up and confirm, but I'm thinking that it's because these were first made in Russia, uh, Moscow, perhaps, and they they served it in the copper cup. Now I know here's the thing about this: the Moscow Mule has gotten very popular over the last five years. But my grandfather was been drinking Moscow Mule since I was a kid. Like he used to always say, my, it was one of his favorite drinks to have. And he always insisted that it be in a copper cup. If he ordered it anywhere out to a restaurant or a bar and they didn't serve it in a copper cup, he didn't want it. There's something about the copper cup that makes this drink. It makes it so cold. You can see the condensation all around this. It is uh, pivotal, vital, more than the ingredients. The copper cup is a necessary component to this drink. Um, and uh, is my hypothesis correct? Um, yes. What I'm seeing is a Russian immigrant. Her father, I guess, had a copper company. So she traveled to America with 2,000 copper mugs somehow. Um, and I guess they weren't selling in Russia. So she brought them to America to sell them. Yeah, um, we'll buy. She sold them at a bar or something. We'll buy them, baby. Bring it, bring it over. Just say this is, this is very popular drink in Moscow. Is Moscow Mule? Everyone drink, have good time, yay! You know, and then we all went. That sounds fun. You have an accent. Here's money, and then it all took away. 
I don't know if that was a, a bad Russian accent. It wasn't a good one, but I don't think it was the worst you'll hear. So maybe I'll do it again later as I'm drinking. And we'll see how I get <laughs> further away. Let's get, I have so much to discuss because uh, we haven't recorded in two weeks. A lot has happened to me and I need to get into the saga that was St. Martin uh, because I went to St. Martin for a wedding, my cousin's wedding. And it's really a tale of two trips because what you'll see of how this trip started and how it ended couldn't have been further away. So let's just get into it. St. Martin in the Bahamas, it is a, uh, a Dutch and French owned island in the Caribbean. And uh, the, the Dutch side is, is, is like literally there's like a divider. There's like the Dutch side and then the French side of it. And the French side's a lot more like bougie and expensive and stuff, which is where we were staying, which came at an incredible cost to us. But at the same time, you're like, whatever, we're going to go on a vacation. And so we can kind of treat it, even though it's a destination wedding, we could treat it as like, this will be a fun thing for us too. We found flights, which were wildly expensive to begin with, but we found these ridiculously expensive flights, but they were nonstop from JFK to St. Martin. And we were like, boom. Let's book it. We booked it months in advance. Very excited. We, I think a week before the wedding, they go, oh, your nonstop flight no longer exists. Because that's a thing now that airplanes companies are doing. They're just going, yeah, we don't think so anymore. We're going we're gonna to make you stop in Atlanta first and then do a layover in Dallas and then go up to Ontario and then go back down the Caribbean. It's just they just can decide that the thing you paid for is no longer the thing you agreed to pay for. And did they give me any money back? Oh, of course not. And it's a three hour earlier flight. So instead of leaving at 9 a.m. and getting there at 2 p.m., we are leaving at 6 a.m. and we're getting there at 4 p.m. So we're leaving three hours earlier, getting there later. Fuck you, Delta. OK, so. We, we, we go there, uh, we go to JFK, we're, we're exhausted. I had late night shows the night before. I'm out till 11.30 at night, no sleep. I get there to the airport, um, and for, because it's a international flight, you have to check in. We had to do all these like COVID screening things ahead of time, and you have to check in manually when you get there. So the line is crazy. And they tell you while you're online, it says there's a screen over and over again that keeps flashing this thing that says check-in closes one hour before your departure. So it's a 6 a.m. flight. We're online. It's like 4.40. And there's a line of 150 people in front of us. And so Erica's a planner. She's panicking. She's going, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? It's going to close this line. There's no way this line is going to go in 20 minutes. And I'm like, I think it'll be good. We'll probably be okay. And the thing keeps, literally keeps flashing like, hey, fuckos, don't, don't, don't sleep on this rule because this is a hard and fast rule that we have. So Eric is bugging out. So I decide I'm going to, I'm going to do something. I'm going to, I'm going to act on behalf of this family, you know, of just her and I, and I'm going to make an executive decision. I'm going to solve this problem as a good husband. So there's a guy who works there, who's just setting up the ropes. You know what I'm saying? Like the ropes of the lines. He's just preparing for more of a rush. So he's setting up his little, you know, and that kind of a thing. And 
I go up to him and I go, hey, man, uh, we have a flight at six and this thing keeps saying we have to check it an hour before. And this line is like crazy long. Like, are you thinking we're going to be OK? Like, I'm worried we're not going to get to the front in time. And his response to me was, ugh, so negative. Ex- excuse me? Negative? First off, what the hell did you just say to me? I, 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 <laughs> there's very few things that I will get upset about on four hours of sleep um, at an airport while trying to travel internationally. But someone saying that I'm so negative because I'm pragmatically looking and planning and assuming that this line is too long for it to go in 20 minutes. And then to look at me as if I'm a chicken little sky is falling thing. I mean, there, there, I wanted to take the, zzz, the rope, wrap it around his neck and then yank the pole the other way. So he went like that. And then when he's like, I'm joking, joking. I go, you're being so negative. Okay. Because if you were really choking, you wouldn't be able to talk. That's something you learn when you're lifeguarding. Right. Nicole, you know about that CPR. All right. So I, um, I start picturing ways to ruin this guy's life as I think we all would. Right. And my thing was, I was like, I, I think I'm going to plant drugs on this guy. That would be a pretty good, for a TSA guy, that would be a pretty great thing. That's why I bring drugs every time I fly, uh, internationally or otherwise. You got to bring illegal substances just in case you got to ruin someone's life. And that's what I want to do. And I had it all planned out. I do a, uh, hey, your shoe's untied. And when he looked down, I'd just slip it in his little coat vest pocket thing and then be like, boom. That's why I bring drugs on planes, just in case I come across someone who's wronged me, right? So um, this guy made me furious. So it's like five or 4.58, and we get to the front of the line. And actually, we had to cut the line. He ended up bringing us to the front afterwards anyway. And you're like, so wasn't negative, was very realistic. Take it back. You know, I was very upset. And I go up to the, we get our boarding passes. You know, everything gets approved. We're TSA pre-check. We're fucking global entry, all right? We don't, we don't mess around with lines and the, and the commoners and the riffraff, okay? And so we get to the TSA pre-check, and they go to Erica, you're pre-check, you're not pre-check, because it has to say it on your boarding pass. And she's like, no, 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 I am pre-check. Here's my number, all this other stuff. They go, it doesn't matter. If it's not on your boarding pass, it doesn't matter. So now we have to go back to the line to try to get pre-check on there, which is already like the plane's leaving in an hour. We have to go through custom, all this, it becomes a whole thing. So she goes back, she cuts the line. She goes, look, you didn't put the thing on. They tell her when she goes to the front, they go, yeah, we're sorry. You just won't have pre-check for this. And she goes, why? She goes, I, I, ha- I am pre-check. Here's my number. And they go, yeah, here's the thing about pre-check. It's only guaranteed to work like 98 times out of 100. That's what they said to her. Only 98 times out of 100 will pre-check work. And the other two times, you just don't get the service that you pay for and went through the, the, the hell to get. And I, again, it was another moment where I'm like, your shoe's untied. Come over here, you know, and then slip the drugs in their pocket and get very upset. Um, so they tell her she can't do pre-check. So then I have a decision to make. And it's, well, I guess I'll see you on the other side. Like, what, what now I have, do I be a good husband? And I go through the commoner, awful, you know, take your shoes off, do all that stuff, go through the big 
cancer microwave spinning thing? Or do I go through pre-check and then wait for her politely at the other side of check-in? So I fucking went through the regular goddamn TSA thing, even though part of me was like, she's probably going to be pretty mad. That's the only reason why I didn't do it is because I felt like she was going to be very mad. She was at the point of like almost tears from from like upset and anger of not giving her the pre-check that I was like, I got to go with her. So I go with her. They, they, you know, they strip search me like they do in the regular pre-check or in the regular, uh, you know, whatever, TSA. Of course, then they pull her bag over to the side and extra search it. Like, she's having the worst day ever. And then we get to the plane. As we're getting on the plane, her boarding pass isn't scanning. So they, or like, or she's been randomly selected to be double screened at the gate. So now I'm waiting on the gate. And Erica starts doing this thing where she's like, you know when you're so upset that you're like, I have to start laughing at the, like, God is fucking with me. Otherwise, I'm going to cry hysterically. So she just starts laughing like the Joker while being additionally screened, which, by the way, not a good look. You know, if if people are worried about your security and you're just fucking me like, <laughs> you know, with tears in your eyes. So um, she gets on the plane. We're very upset. And uh, another we get on the plane, though, whatever. We make the flight. It's fine. And. I sleep from the majority of the plane, but I witnessed this on the plane, and it's something that I, I gotta be honest, I'm, I'm still not over. Uh, I, you know, I'm on a flight, it's got, it's got movies and all that stuff. We're landing in one hour, right? This is from when we're going to Atlanta. We're landing in one hour, and I watched the man in front of me. He started the movie Stillwater, which is a new movie with Matt Damon, and it's like, an over two hour movie. And he started it with one hour left in the flight. And that to me, it's madness. I couldn't get over the fact where I'm like, is this guy just an agent of chaos? Like he's a chaos tornado. How, why, why would you start it an hour? First off, it's a new release. So maybe he's seen it before and was like, oh, I really like the first half. At best, you're getting halfway through that movie. Because even in the last half hour when they start descending, sometimes the movies turn off or they freeze a lot for Paul. At best, you're watching half of that movie. And then what are you going to do? You're going to go home, rent the movie again? Are you going to fast forward through it? No. You're probably just going to watch the entire movie. It was a completely... Waste of time uh, engagement that this guy went through. I couldn't believe it. I, I was it was a it was a futile exercise that this man started to go through, and I, I still think about. It. I'm still thinking about this man. What what could it be that uh, you know? I heard it's a great movie. Like, wouldn't it captivate? Imagine only watching half of a good movie and then being like, well, guess I got to just go live my life now. What it, you, You've invested so much of your time into the movie, and now you don't get any of the payoff. It was it was. Is that crazy? Am I crazy, Nicole, or is he crazy? I understand your frustration, but I do feel like I might also do that if I ran out of things to do and I'm like, I still have an hour and I'm just staring at the back of a seat or nothing. But no, it's not. It wasn't just you, you watch Stillwater or you stare at your seat. They had plenty of programming. They had movies that were an hour and 20 in length. They had television programs. They had, I mean, Always Sunny, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Modern Family. There were plenty of options to watch, both drama and they, the thing. There's also live TV. You could watch Sports Center. You could watch whatever you want. And he chose to start 
a movie with an hour left. It, it, it just, I, I don't know. It, it really, it's not upsetting you as much as it is upsetting me. And I gotta be honest, that's upsetting me a tremendous amount. Uh, arguably more so, right? So whatever. We get to St. Martin. We do the, the whole transfer and the, all that stuff. We're walking through the airport. And I do a little shrewd move because I know we got to take a cab to where we're staying. And it's only like, a, I Googled it, it's only like a 15 minute, 10 to 15 minute cab ride. So when we're going through customs and when the woman comes with the passport stamp, I ask her, I go, hey, how much would you pay? How much do you think a cab should cost to go to where we're staying? And she goes, 20 $30 at most. And I go, great. Now I know where my ceiling is when I go negotiate with the 400 cab drivers that are going to be right outside a baggage claim. So it's good to have that knowledge, right? Always ask that if you can. So I go up to it. And as we're walking to the airport, we're walking towards where all the cabs are. I see a little kiosk in the airport for the place that we're staying. Like it's like an actual... Like, hey, like, you know, it's like, it almost looks like a brochure kind of thing. And they're holding the sign that says that. So I go, oh, shit, that's our, that's where we're going. I guess they must have free shuttle to and from the place. If you're staying there, this is great. And also we paid an incredible amount of money to stay at this place. So there better goddamn well be a shuttle. And I'm like, of course, that makes sense. They would have a shuttle, right? It's like a five-star place. So we go up to them. We're like, hey, we're staying there. And they go, great, get on in there, Sally. And Erica and I, we get in the back of this guy's van. He gives us a couple cold waters. And he takes us to the thing that this was an issue that happened. We found out later in the trip, but it was a 12 minute ride. They charged us $110 for that because they said that airport transfer was a private escort transfer. It lasted 12 minutes. They give us two mini bottles of water and charge us $100. Apparently, but we got out of it because you had to like pre-register for that. And I didn't. We just hopped into somebody's cab and I made a whole scene. And let's just say I got it down to the appropriate price of $30. We got the $70 credit. But again, so the, the shitty day continues. We're getting there and it's now 4.30. Erica's been through hell. We're getting ripped off by the cab driver. And we just put all of our stuff down. Our room is incredible. It's right on the water. It's oceanfront. It's phenomenal. We meet up with my family. I am like a baby. When I go to the beach, if you need me, I'll be in the water. No matter how hot, no matter how cold, I'm in the water, baby. So I'm there. I'm swimming like a new. I got my little swimmies on. I'm, I'm paddling and all that stuff. And I'm having such a great time. And uh, we're already drinking down by the beach. I see my cousin who's getting married. All of his friends are there. I'm talking to family. And we're going to do this kind of like a, um, like a, the day before the wedding dinner kind of a thing. They're going to do it at, at 6.30 or something. So it's already 5 o'clock and we're swimming in the water. We're drinking. I'm like, let me order some food because I haven't eaten anything all day. They're like, oh, kitchen closed six minutes ago. So you can't get any food. So I'm like, God damn it. So I'll just fill that void with alcohol obviously. So I'm drinking, we're drinking more and we leave all of our bottles, all the beach staff that would come thing, they all left, right? So we're drinking the rest of the thing. We go to this, we, we get ready to go to this dinner and I'm getting ready and I look around, I'm looking around the room, putting on, you know, I'm getting dressed up and I go, where the fuck is my wedding ring? And I start looking around and I'm like, I can't find my wedding ring. And if I take my wedding ring off, 
I usually put it with my watch or any other jewelry, and my watch was there, and my phone was there, and my wallet was there, and there was no ring. So I'm going, what? and I'm on, remind you, I'm on two to three hours of sleep. So I have like no cognitive ability to remember what happened or how I even got to the moment that I'm currently standing in. So I'm completely confused. I don't know where it is. Erica and I start tearing apart the entire room to look for it. Erica's like, it'll turn up. It's fine. And I'm like, I'll tell you this, it's gone. Like it's gone forever. Because if it's not in these like one of three places I would have put it, it's not there. We're an hour late to this dinner because we were looking for the ring. Didn't find it. So immediately I'm like, I'm never getting a ring again. I'm so mad because I'm like, this sucks. I, I, so, so now this whole day has been compounded by, on top of all the shit that's happened, now I've lost a wedding ring, which also like costs some money. So now I'm really in a financial hole from this day. So we're sitting there and we're eating and, and the food is great. It's like mahi-mahi and steak and unlimited alcohol. You'd think I'd be having a great time, but I'm just stewing, thinking about like, where did I drop it on the beach? Like, where the hell is it? So in the middle of me eating, I'm like, I got to go walk the beach. I, and by the way, it's a long beach. Like it is not a beach that you could just go like it's here or it's there. I go, I'm going to go walk the beach in the dark and try to find my ring. Like what the 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 needle in a haystack Powerball ticket that I'm signing up for. I know I'm not finding it. I know the ring's gone. But you know that you just got to do it because it'll irk you, right? So I walk down to the beach. Now I have like nice sneakers on, on the sand. So all of the sand is going in the sneakers and it's rubbing against my foot. So everything is not going well. It's not going well for me. It's a bad day. And I go, my last hope is to try and find the beach lounge chairs that we were sitting at. There was a little side table. I don't know, maybe it was on the table or something. But the whole beach is all of those beach chairs and tables. So now I have to try and remember where on the beach we were and I'm looking and I'm looking and all of it's been cleaned and polished and it, sanitize and all this stuff. And I get like halfway down the beach and I start seeing like the bottles so that we were drinking, like some water bottles and beer bottles, a champagne bottle. And I go, oh fuck, they stopped working and they left. So they didn't clean that section over there. And I go back to the table, way down the beach. My fucking ring is sitting on the beach table, still there, not stolen, not taken. And I got the ring back, and that exact moment was the moment that the entire weekend went from a terrible trip to a fantastic weekend of fun. And I think both symbolically, metaphorically, and literally, that was the turning point of the weekend. Can you believe, Nicole, that the ring was still there? Hours later, I mean, I'm talking four hours later. I had no idea what to expect. I was really hoping you would find it, but I felt like you were building it up so well it could have gone either way. Yeah, I mean, I was, and so when I came back, it was very exciting, and then we start, you know, because we're just kind of like brooding in the corner, not telling, you don't want to, it's my cousin's wedding, I'm not going to be like, I lost my fucking wedding ring, you know, you don't want to do that, but once we found it, I was like, I lost the ring, and I found the ring, party! You know, so now we're doing shots, everyone's having a good time, I'm taking edibles, you know, so uh, I, uh, we decide, Again, I'm on, it's probably 10 o'clock at night now. I'm exhausted. I, we've been up for damn near 24 hours and I can't wait to go to bed. I am like, we're gonna sleep 100 hours, wake up, go to the beach, get ready for the, we find out the wedding's not till five o'clock. I'm like, we have all day tomorrow on this private beach. I can't wait. My cousin's like, we're going out. We're gonna go downtown St. Martin. 
we're gonna party, we're gonna go out to the bar, him and a bunch of his friends, they're like, you guys wanna come with us? And it was so funny, because Erica and I both spoke at the same exact time, and I wish that moment could have been recorded, because I was confidently speaking for both of us, or I was like, no, 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 I, th I think we're all good, thank you very much, we're gonna go to bed. And Erica, at the same time, was going, oh, fuck yeah, we're going out, hell yeah, let's do it, and I was like, what? I like immediately, I was like, what do you mean? We're not, we I know, you know? And uh, I was like, I've also already taken the edible. So I'm like in like, get ready for edible bed, kind of like swim in the blankets. That's where I'm at, you know, I'm exhausted. But Erica's like, we're going out, the cabs are here. So I'm like, well, I guess this is happening. So we go in, we take these cabs into downtown St. Martin. And the cool thing about the bars in the Caribbean is like a lot of them are like indoor slash outdoor bars. You know what I'm saying? Like they're they're bars, but they don't have like full walls. You know what I'm saying? Like you can see you're like pretty much outside with the exception of like a, a half of a wall that's there that's kind of keeping you in the in the restraint of where the bar is. So we're drinking at this like Mexican like uh, tequila bar kind of a thing and Erica and I are drinking fish bowls of margaritas and it was so fun. It was like all, the whole, it was probably... I don't know, 12 to 15 of us that all just packed this place out on a, uh, a whatever it was. It was like a, a Friday night or something. We packed out this little tiny bar. And while we're there all drinking and stuff, I'm just kind of surveying. I'm watching things happen. I watched full drug deals going on of like these guys sitting on mopeds that were near a construction site that were going and doing handoffs. I was like, I was like, I, it, was, it was the edible high. So I was like fully in tune to like what was going on. And I was trying to explain to people and they're like, whatever guy on drugs. I'm like, fuck off, you know. And um, we look over across the street at one point and there's another bar directly across the street. It's more nightclub-y than ours, but it's still almost fully open. So you can see the whole thing and it is pumping music and it has lights going everywhere and it is, I'm talking 100% empty. Like, and is there no sadder thing than watching the staff of that restaurant in a loud pumping light place on a Friday night staring at us across the street, a group of people just spending money recklessly, drinking, having a good time, just literally hand on their chin on their hand, watching us being like, I wish they were over here, you know, just drinking and having a good time. And it was very fun and I felt very bad for them. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Somebody's got to get paid and it was not it was not them. Right. So that's day one. Like we got home at some point. It was kind of an adventure to get a cab ride home at some point. That was a nightmare. My cousin and his uh, now wife stayed out after we went home. We went home at like 2 a.m. They went out and they went to a casino and all this other. I mean, they got home at probably like 4 a.m. on their own wedding night. You're like, what are you doing? But they're fucking champs. That's why they did it. So the wedding day, we're chilling, we're drinking, we're hanging out on the beach all day. 88 degrees, bright sun, lovely. And I'm, I got, there's like free snorkels. So you know me, I'm in the water, I'm snorkeling it up. And it's like four o'clock. So I go, this is my last dip in the water before I got to go shower and get ready for the weather. The wedding's in an hour. I got to hurry up and get ready. So I'm coming out from the water and there is like a, like a catamaran off, offshore, probably like a hundred yards offshore. It's kind of like a party boat. There's like, you, we hear people wooing and hollering and it's like, it seems like a great time. There's probably like 30 people on that boat or whatever. So I'm getting out of the water and uh, all of a sudden I hear, Help! 
like that. And I, I like look and there's a dude, there's two guys that are probably like 30 feet out and they're, and I'm looking at them and I'm going, you know, are they just partying? Cause they were from the boat and I'm like, are they just partying or like they just fucking with one another? And then I see the dude is legitimately like drowning. Like he's like, he's literally like, you know, flailing and screaming help and like barely keeping his chin up what he's doing the thing where he's like, <laughs> you know, they're doing that exploding water thing. And I go, is this really happen? And I see my cousin who mind you is getting married in an hour from now. And him and I both look at each other and we both look at them and we both, he jumps in the water, him and I swim out and rescue these two dudes from drowning. Like, it, like they were literally drowning, which was crazy because the rest of the party boat, nobody was helping them. And we found out that this boat is not allowed to come to shore because this is a private beach and they're actually from a different island. So you're not legally allowed to land in St. Martin without having to go through customs. So what they do is they bring these boats like 100 feet offshore and then go, if you want to go to St. Martin, you can swim over there and hang out, but we can't legally bring you over there. So these two dudes, they were from Trinidad and they were hammered and they were like, well, and they were out of shape and they're like, we'll swim to St. Martin. And they jumped off and immediately either got a cramp or was like, we don't know how to swim well or whatever. So my cousin and I, and there was also a third guy who I didn't know was on the beach. All three of us go out, swim, bring this guy back. We bring them into shore. We like throw them on the beach. They're laying on their back. The one dude's like not moving. And now, Nicole, I'm going into, this is the time to do CPR. You know, we just talked about it on a past episode. When do you do CPR? I'm like, this might be the time. Because they're both like awake. They're just so gassed that they're like, <laughs> and they're like kind of coughing up stuff. And I am freaking out being like, I don't know what to, I don't know what to do. And they're trying to give them water. And we're like, are you okay? Are you okay? And they're not responding. And their friends on the boat are like, losers. They're like yelling and heck like them. And I'm like, you don't understand. Your friends have almost died. And then they take a little, like a little jetty boat and come over and they try to pick them up. The, the guys who are running the party boat, who you could tell did not have the insurance policy for that. And they were like, thank you. Thank you. We got them. Thank you very much. And like the guys like, were just, their eyes were rolling in the back of their head. And I'm like, how, you know, obviously I'm a lifeguard. I'm known as a hero in most communities, but my cousin getting married in an hour and then saves a life right before it. How fucking cool is that, Nicole? It's literally like an Adam Sandler movie. Like this whole story. I know, and so that's absurd. how I met Jennifer Aniston. No, <laughs> it was, um, it was crazy. And I wouldn't like say that we save people from drowning if we didn't 100% save people from drowning, right? And then the way the you know, we go back, we're like, now we're like on this, we just saved two lives, hi, let's go get married. My cousin's wedding, it's beautiful, it's right on the beach. There's like these really ominous rain clouds that are pouring in. If the rain held out until like the exact perfect moment. We did the wedding, the ceremonies, pictures on the beach. Then we went to where the reception is, which was like in this tented canopy area. The second like the last member of the family got under the canopy, skies open, pouring rain, absolute, you know, craziness. But the whole wedding was so fun. My cousin smuggled in $2,500 worth of uh, worth of fireworks so that we could have fireworks that night i probably shouldn't be saying that but uh it was it was it was great it was such a beautiful night it was really fun got really drunk had a great time right so you know fast forward we have one more day there next day we're checking out or we're about to we have to check out the following day right so they give us as a like 
This is such a fucking, and by the way, this resort, nothing is all inclusive. Every single thing is, you gotta pay for it, and every single thing is the most expensive thing ever. And this comes from someone who lives in New York City. Like cocktails, every drink was like $18, you know? There was uh, champagne, $25 a glass. Just great. Everything was so, ex- hamburger, 25 bucks. Everything was so expensive. So uh, the day before you check out the next day, they gave me, they gave, I guess they give you everybody. They give you a, a little bottle of rum. It's like, a, you know, for family run rum business on St. Martin. And it's, you know, a little bigger than like, you know, a fifth or whatever it is of whiskey. It's just like a nice little bigger than a flask size bottle. And Eric Arlai, we're like, we don't have the ability to, we're not checking any bag. We can't bring this home with us. So we have to drink the entire bottle before we leave. So we're making espressos in the morning, putting rum all in that. And now I go, you know what? This, this place has been fucking me for three days by giving me, you know, making me pay $18 a cocktail. I'm going to start getting some virgin pina coladas, some virgin daiquiris. I'm going to just pour all this rum that they gave us into it. But these sons of bitches, they know. They know. They accounted for that, which is why their virgin pina colada was $14. These sons of bitches, they got me again. And I was still like, I still was getting the virgin ones and then going blah, 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 and just getting so much of it. And, uh, we drank almost the entire, I mean, there was like a little swoosh left of it. And we tried to bring it through customs and of course, uh, through the security and they caught us. And then I was like, I told the TSA guy, I was like, you take that home with you for after your shift. And he was like, uh-huh, I'm not, I'm not drinking these two white people's leftover, you know, backwash of rum from a bottle that I don't, you know, so. Um, but the wedding was great. The trip was great. We, and again, this is a, way, a perfect way to cap off the trip. We get back to, uh, I think it was Atlanta again, because we had to do, yeah, it was Atlanta because we had to get through customs. And this customs line, we had like about an hour layover, which is not that long in Atlanta because it's, by the way, the largest airport in the history of the planet, I guess. it's You have to take trains, planes, and automobiles to get to there. And so I we get through, we get into customs, and Eric and I have global entry, which usually means you go in the global entry line, which is... I mean, 95% shorter, right? The line for customs is no, no lie, two hours long. I mean, there must be close to a thousand people in line for the regular line. So Eric and I are like, thank God we got global entry. We got our global entry thing to check in on the kiosk and all that stuff. The global entry line, there's probably 300 people online for that. And I'm like, God damn it. This is going to take so long. Like, why did we even get global entry? And I don't know why, I don't know how, I don't know how to explain this, but the person doing security at Global Entry, you have to go up, you know, you talk to them, and how, why are you here, how long are you in town for, they stamp your passport, all that stuff. While they're doing that up in the front, we're in the back of the line, and this woman who works, like the TSA person in Atlanta, was so flustered, she was just going, she, at the back of the line, she takes the little, like, little, the little fucking rope off and goes, you're all global entry, right? Let me see your pass. Let me see your pass. Let me see your pass. Okay, you five, me, uh, Erica, myself, and two, and three others. She goes, you five, just go. She says, just go. And by the way, everybody on this line is global entry, so there's no reason. Just picked us at random. She's like, you five, just go. And we go up, oh, go to the front of the line, or so we start walking to the front of the line. And then there's the part where there's all of the you know police officers and the TSA people who are standing at the kiosk waiting to talk to you about why you're in the country and the passport and all that stuff. And we're looking and we're going like, 
do we do we walk to them or do we walk right past? And she's like, go. Like she's mad at us. She's like, just go. And we're like, oh, okay. And we walked right through. So we skipped not only like a three hour line with the with the TSA, the, with the global entry thing, and then skipped what was for sure an hour line. We went through global entry in 45 seconds, I guess, which was totally made up for the fact of how much hell we went through on the front end that we got to go. They have these like priority passes. If you get global entry, you can go into these lounges in some airports where they give you free booze and free food. So we had enough time because of that to go into this lounge. We, I ate four dinners worth. Uh, like I, They were like, you can have this or this or this or tomato soup or some uh, chicken stir fry. And I'm like, three of those, two of these, a brownie and two vodka sodas. Let's do it. And then just... Just ate and drank like an animal savage for the full hour. And I got to tell you, I made up for the whole trip. It was worth every single penny. Get global entry, I guess, is the whole point of that story. God damn, did that take a while to get through, Nicole. How, what, how crazy of a trip was that, though? It's so crazy. The only thing I really, like, any insight I had to this trip was you sending us that gorgeous selfie on the beach and then immediately following it with a text, dude, me and my cousin just saved someone's life. Yeah. All I knew until right now. Yeah. I know. I've been harboring that secret this whole time, trying to, I want to, I want to get the element of surprise for you, you know? I don't want you to know any of these, because then you won't react appropriately. Not that I could see your face and not that you reacted in any way verbally during that entire time, which I got to be honest. We'll talk about after the show. Uh, but I, you know, it was it was crazy. It was crazy. So that was my trip to St. Martin. And uh, boy, oh boy, what a trip it was. And uh, unrelated to all of that, thank you guys for watching the show so far, you know. We are, this is episode 10. We made it. Double digits. Who would have thought? Not me. But here we are. So if you're enjoying the show, I'm going to start doing this, Nicole, as a full court press Watch the show on YouTube. If you got to listen to it, if you don't have time to sit down or whatever, I totally get it. But I think if you are just listening to the show, you are selling yourself short of uh, of a lot of the funny that comes with the graphics Nicole makes. And obviously, I mean, you know, you get to look at this and my facial features. Isn't that a good time? You get to see the drink. Not here. You just get to see the drink and everything. I mean, it's, you know, there's so much you're losing out on. Would you rather... Listen to Seinfeld, the television show. Would you rather watch it? I mean, come on. How are you going to, you're not going to get Kramer's fucking, you know, I don't know why I'm making a Seinfeld. It doesn't matter. Um, but go to youtube.com slash Mike Feeney comedy. Subscribe to that. My, my stand-up comedy special, Rage Against a Routine, is on that. You can watch that. And every single episode of Snarky so far is on there. If uh, you do want to just listen to it, that's totally cool too. But if you do, please leave me a five-star review on, on uh, the Apple Podcast app if you can. I'm going to see... As I'm doing this, if anybody else, um, if some more people have left some podcast uh, reviews, because I want to, I want to shout them out. And while I do that, Nicole, where can people find you? My Instagram's Nicole C Lyons, and that's it. There we go. Um, yeah, we have, we got, we're, we're cooking. We're up to 22 ratings. We have 4.9 out of five stars, which I gotta tell you irks me to death. I'd rather it be three stars, but you know what? We're so close. Help push it over the top. Help push it to five stars. Leave a review. It takes 30 seconds or less, and it'll help me out. And tell some friends about the podcast. Share the YouTube link. Share the podcast link. I'm having fun. You know, a lot of you have been reaching out to me recently being like, because of the Spotify wrap-up thing came. A lot of people have been like, Irish Goodbye was one of my most listened to podcasts. I miss it, all this other stuff. 
I mean, I just told a half hour story. I feel like this is really, you know, this is this is part of this is kind of like Irish goodbye. So this is this is my version of that. And then if you want, um, you know, the Mike and I version of that accompanied by Brendan, join the Patreon, patreon.com slash scenario pod, which is the Patreon for Mike Cannon, Brendan Sagalo and I for our podcast. Here's the scenario, which is also free every week on iTunes and YouTube. But if you're on the Patreon, we do a bonus episode every week. We do a thing called Blunts with the Boys, which is closest to Irish Goodbye um, with the, that the three of us do, where we're just storytelling. I mean, this past episode, we Brendan found lyrics that he wrote when he was in a band in high school and read them on the episode. And I got to be honest, maybe one of my favorite half hour of 45 minutes of my life is just hearing Brendan's brooding, angsty teen. I mean, Nicole, how great. How great it, was it? It's so funny. Like, even watching it back over and over again, I was still, like, crying. It's so good. I'm sad the public can't see it, but you yeah. just have to pay. Yeah, just have to pay. Five bucks a month gets you on there, as little as that. Um, it's incredible. And uh, you also get a bonus episode of Snarky. I do, like, a 20 to 30-minute additional Snarky where I answer questions from the pod and people and all that stuff directly um, on the Patreon. So, again, check that out. And uh, otherwise... I am Mike Feeney on social media, MikeFeeneyComedy.com for dates. If you're listening to this, this weekend, if you're listening to it when it first comes out, this weekend, I will be at Laughs in Seattle. Last time I'm plugging this, because it's the last time I can, I'm doing headlining four shows in Seattle. Please come out. That's my birthday weekend, too. It'll be great. Make it a great, fun birthday for me. I already know a couple people on Twitter have reached out. That they're coming. Some of them have said that it's, uh, one person said that it was his birthday, too, that same weekend, so that's going to be great. So we're going to have a great time. I'm excited to go back to Seattle. It's been almost, it's been three years, almost to the day since I've been back in Seattle. So I'm very excited to go back there. A lot of people are always going, when are you coming to Seattle? When are you coming to Washington? When are you coming to Washington? When are you coming to the Pacific Northwest? Well, I'm fucking coming, so be there. And I swear to God, if any of you comment on December 13th, when you come into Seattle, I'm taking a personal charter flight. I will spend every dime I have to take a personal charter flight directly to your house, and I will make sure the front nose of the plane crashes into your living room. I will kill myself and everyone around me because I can't stand that more than anything. A comedian can't stand when someone goes, when you come into the place that you've been promoting for two months and are desperately trying to get people to come out to, and then they ask you right out, oh, I wish I would have knew. Fucking pay attention, all right? So I'll be in there. Um, also going to be at Uncle Vinny's later this month, and I'm going to be headlining Mohegan Sun for New Year's. So if you're around Connecticut, want to party in a casino, get crazy, come do that. And then uh, in January, I'll be at Laugh Boston, which I'm excited about. First time ever doing comedy in Boston. I got to sell some tickets to that. Uh, tickets are just on sale now. Go buy tickets, please. Bring a group. Boston, I can't fucking wait. I'm excited, so uh, please come out to that and uh cheers everybody this drink is just about done i gotta tell you the little crushed ice cubes makes a big difference in a drink to me what about you nicole that's my favorite kind of ice for sure that's number one what's what's your ranked ice ranked ice is the i think i like this kind of ice then i like the big single cube of ice the big snowball of ice one cube that looks just looks classy then i like my least favorite is like the crushed, the fully crushed ice. The one that looks like a snow cone because that just waters your drink down too much. And then I guess it's like regular shaped ice, you know? But 
there isn't really this isn't a nice podcast you know this is a this is a podcast where we we get to the bottom of things but this podcast this episode has turned into this really feels very nostalgic of Irish goodbye and Nicole I know that you know you joined you joined us late in our careers so you never got to see the glory and the splendor that was Irish goodbye but I assume since you've met us you've gone back and binge listen to all 240 episodes so you get how this works so I there's still some things where like I got to talk about them I got to talk about them and as if the St. Martin trip wasn't enough we land we come back on late 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 Monday night we get Jeet back on Tuesday morning because he was staying at our friend's house and then it's Thanksgiving on Thursday and now we got a decision to make what are we going to do what are we going to do it's Thanksgiving the family's like we just saw each other we're not doing a Thanksgiving go fuck yourself I got to figure out what we're doing for Thanksgiving. Erica goes, hey, there's no shot in hell that I'm going to shop and cook and make an entire Thanksgiving for two people the day after we get back from St. Martin. Not a shot in hell. So what we decide is perfect, perfect compromise. Let's order from a place in Astoria, a good restaurant. They were doing like a Thanksgiving prefix. You get a you get an appetizer. You get a full turkey dinner, mashed potatoes, gravy, stuffing, the works. You know, cranberry compote, not a cranberry sauce. And uh, I can't even any time I do it, it's perfect. And uh, and you get a free dessert. So I go, this is great. It was like forty bucks a person or something like that. You're like this is absolutely worth not no stress at all. So I go, you can pick it up at four o'clock Thanksgiving. Great. Thanksgiving comes four p.m. We pick it up. We get home. We get excited. We start taking it up, taking it apart. And maybe one of the most egregious things of my life happened to me that moment. I opened my plate to look, and there are no mashed potatoes and gravy, but instead it's been substituted by sweet potatoes. And that is a phone call. That's a phone call the restaurant must make and okay with me because who do you think you are? The audacity to be like mashed potatoes and gravy, sweet potatoes, potato, potato, who cares? No, 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 no. It is not even in the same category. You can't give me turkey and stuffing and sweet potatoes and not give me mashed potatoes and gravy. The gravy is the conduit, it goes on everything. The gravy goes on the turkey, the gravy goes on the stuffing. Gravy is on the mashed potatoes where it lives and breathes and develops its its personality, is where it is where it thrives, is the mashed potatoes, dare I say. And so there's no mashed potatoes, so I'm furious about it because it ain't no Thanksgiving meal without some goddamn mashed potatoes. Yeah, you can have sweet potatoes with your little fucking marshmallows on top and your pecans or whatever you want to do. That's a side dish. That's a... But that doesn't take away... The only thing that needs to be on the plate is the turkey... Mashed potatoes, gravy, stuffing, and a vegetable of some kind. Everything else is fucking window dressing, okay? So I am upset about this, and Erica sees this, and she understands the justifiable rage that I have towards this place. And what are we going to do? We're going to call them, be like, there's no mashed potatoes, and they're going to be like, we're out, I mean, whatever. So we, we pivot, and we go, what shall we do? Well, here's what we should do. I came up with this idea, and I thought I really saved Thanksgiving. I go on Seamless Web, and I go, where can we get mashed potatoes? The one, the only, Kentucky Fried Chicken. Let's order mashed potatoes and gravy from Kentucky Fried Chicken. Throw in a couple of those biscuits. I mean, that'll be perfect with the Thanksgiving meal. Now we got 
a, a well-catered, high-end meal, and you're throwing KFC mashed taters and gravy with biscuits in there? Now I'm salivating. My mouth is watery. I'm like, this is the best Thanksgiving I've ever had. I order it. It's like $15 for mashed potatoes, gravy, and two biscuits. I don't care. I'll pay $100 because it's Thanksgiving, and it's a premium, and I understand. I place the seamless order here in 25 minutes. Perfect. Let's have ourselves a goddamn day. Ten minutes go by. I get an email. Your order from KFC is canceled. I go, why? And they go, it turns out KFC isn't open. It's Thanksgiving. Why the hell would it be open? But we just kept our Seamless app. We, kept, we didn't tell Seamless that we were closed, so they took the order by accident. So now I'm double crushed because I was not only expecting mashed potatoes and gravy, but now I had the anticipation of KFC mashed potatoes and gravy. So I am just, me I mean, crestfallen, melancholy, just, you know, depressed. I am all of it. I, I, there's no saving this Thanksgiving anymore. And Erica decides, yes, there is, Mike. And she goes back on Seamless and finds a diner and orders a giant tin of mashed potatoes and gravy, which does get delivered. And we get our mashed potatoes and gravy with our Thanksgiving. We still have leftovers of mashed potatoes and gravy. They gave us $30 worth of mashed potatoes, which I think cost 16 cents to make. And I got my mashed potatoes and gravy. It was a great Thanksgiving. The whole holiday was saved. Nicole, what do you think about that? And how was your Thanksgiving? <laughs> that was fantastic. That's so funny with the KFC. And plus, you probably got way more from the diner, right? Like the KFC so would more. have came in like a Ben and Jerry's like pint-sized mm -hmm. container. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. My Thanksgiving was great, though. Definitely not as eventful as that. But if I were having a meal without the gravy, I don't think it qualifies as Thanksgiving. It isn't a meal. It's so dry. You need the, the gravy. And also, my friend uh, Greg Stone, who had COVID during Thanksgiving with his newborn baby and wife, he had to be alone for Thanksgiving. And he ordered from that same diner that I ordered from, that we got the mashed potatoes. He ordered a turkey dinner. They didn't give him mashed potatoes and they gave us an extra order of mashed potatoes. I think we got the last potatoes and Greg didn't get any potatoes for his. And they didn't give him, take this, a, a obnoxious nightmare. They didn't give him brown gravy or turkey gravy. They gave him white gravy. They gave him like biscuits and gravy, gravy. And it was in a giant container and he thought it was mashed potatoes and he put his spoon in it and he was like, Pretty thin mashed potatoes, but I'll give it a whirl. And then just was eating spoonfuls of gravy like it was soup. And that was his Thanksgiving <laughs> alone. His first Thanksgiving with his newborn that he couldn't be anywhere near and had a mashed potato-less great white gravy-filled Thanksgiving. So by that, I had a fucking fantastic Thanksgiving compared to my good buddy Greg Stone. So life's wild. But what are you going to do? And this is great, because I didn't think that this was going to take this long to tell about, which means all of this bullshit I will save for another episode, because I want to get to the questions, because you guys have been sending in so many questions that I don't even think I'm going to get to all of them. You're kidding. Uh, I mean, I'm not even going to get to some of them, I guess. I uh, we're, All right. I got a lot of questions from you guys, and if you want to send them in, please send them 
to snarkypodcast at gmail.com. I don't know where the graphic goes, but it's somewhere in one of these four corners. Uh, and uh, and you'll be able to send in a lot of things. And so many of you sent in such great ones. We got some from CH, from Austin, from Ted, from Afton Kennedy. So I'm going to try and get to as many of these as I can. But I Afton, uh, this is the first time that they've uh, submitted so I would like to uh, do a little priority here. So let's let's get into Afton Kennedy, who sent some of these. Here's one that they said that they would love to hear me um, talk about, or if I care in one way or another. First one is Disney-themed weddings. Woo! You don't even... Either you know me so well that you perfectly pinpointed a trigger point. If you were a masseuse and you... And you physically touch the spot that said Disney themed weddings on my body. I go, like, it would be such a good pressure point that I'm like, that's it. That's the spot. First off, Disney themed weddings. So embarrassing. Just so embarrassing. Grow up, be an adult. Uh, Unless you, unless this is your second wedding and you have a four year old and you need to be part of the wedding. You're not a princess. Okay. You're a cashier. At 16 handles. Get your life together. The, you know, I, I can't I can't fathom. I can't understand. I don't understand when people go to Disney World over the age of 20 without a kid. Like, if you have a kid, 100% Disney World it up. Go meet Minnie Mouse or whatever the hell you do. But when you're an adult and you're like, I love going to Disney. It's like, who, who... Who? Who molested you at that age where you went, this is where I'm going to stop maturing and my life ends here. And then that's just the state you're going to stay in. Disney princesses and Prince Charming and all the other stuff. Something horrific has happened to you. And uh, perfect example, Brendan Sagalow loves going to Disney World. (laughs) 30-year-old man molested. So you see, there is a direct line Disney molestation, vice versa, molest. I don't know why they do an Italian accent on it, vice versa, but molested. And so that's why you go to Disney World, because molested. And so, I don't know, but don't. And just don't. And if you're having one, don't invite me, because embarrassing. So that's that. Uh, okay. Next. <laughs> by Captain <laughs> Kennedy. Also, just to make sure that we're not on different pages, Nicole, where you stand on the Disney and going to Disney and Disney themed weddings? No, it's I totally agree. I feel like it has to be like some kind of childhood trauma or like a personality disorder that makes you so like obsessed with that. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 troubling at the very least. Um, next, Hatton said uh, promposals and videos to celebrities inviting them to prom. Now, here's the thing: I kind of like when people do that. That was a thing that only has existed now with social media is the ability to be like, hey, The Rock, will you come to my prom? Like, I can't find a date and that kind of a thing. And like, you've heard about that happening in the past. People used to have to write letters, you know, like the Humphrey Bogart or whatever the fuck and be like, would you mind coming to mine on November the 13th? You know, whatever it is. But I, I, here's the thing. That's tough for celebrities, right? Because you got to pick and choose your battle. First off, anytime I ever see, and this is just, hey, hey, hands up, all right? Don't shoot. This is just a guy. I'm just at, whoops. whoops. This is just a guy who is, is just noticing the trends. It doesn't feel like anybody that's a celebrity 
responds or goes to the prom with someone who isn't mentally challenged. Do you do you find that to be the case? There's never you have to pick if you're a celebrity, you're smart. You have to pick somebody who's either mentally challenged or terminally ill. That's that's usually the safer one is terminally ill because otherwise you look like a creep. Like you can't go to like a hot 17-year-old's fucking prom and be like, yeah, fucking me and Claire Danes. You know, it's like you're 17. Like, it's gonna look like a creep. You're gonna look like you're trying to fuck the kid. So you can't go if you're a celebrity. And if you do go to a terminally ill or mentally handicapped one, then you as a celebrity, it just looks like a PR move. It's super gross. And you're like, oh, what are you trying to do? Just fucking trend on Instagram? That's super gross. Here's what I'd do. If I was a celebrity, I'd go to every prom that invited me. I'd go to every single one. That way they can't be like, no, you're just trying to fuck these kids. I'd be like, no, I'm going to the terminally ill ones. I'm going to the the, the weird 18-year-olds with acne. I'm going to like the weirdly hot 18-year-old that looks like she's 30. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to all of them. I'd even go to some dudes. That, you know what I mean? Like I'll go with a gay guy. I'll go with a guy who's straight and just is like, I just want to bro out. And I'll be like, I want to go because I want to see what it's like for kids in high school now. Like, don't, wouldn't you want to see that just as like a, you know what I mean? Like, I, here's the thing. I wouldn't be a fun prom date because the whole time I'd sit there going, wow, things are, I mean, my prom back in, in my day, what we did in the songs that we listened to and there's a lot of Post Malone for this prom. You know, like I, I, I'd be commenting on things and they'd be like, oh, yeah, offer rescinded. You know, like it wouldn't, it wouldn't be well. But I, I do think that that's the only way to go about it. Nicole, have you ever seen a celebrity go to prom with somebody who didn't have a, a disease or some sort <laughs> of irreversible trauma? <laughs> no, but I've always wondered what would happen, like you're saying, if they did accept. Like, do they then coordinate, like, a corsage? Do they dance together? Do they t Like, I don't know. I can't even imagine what would happen if they actually went. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you only see them like accepting it, being like, I'll be there. And then everyone's like, ah! And then I think they did the day of, they're like, the rock had food poisoning and also didn't care. You know, like didn't, didn't think this would be a thing. So um, great, great, great. Two for two so far. Um, just, let's see what else. Uh, spoiler alerts. I mean, yeah, of course. I can't stand them. I don't even watch movie trailers anymore because movie trailers are spoiler. They give away so much in the movie trailer that you're like, you know what? Person who makes movie trailers and person who does the spoiler alerts, fuck that person, all right? Fuck that person who decides they're just gonna be, uh, here's what I'll do. I'll just fucking tell you about a movie that just came out a week ago that everybody wants to see. And here's the thing, even if, this is what I consider a spoiler alert. If someone goes, you never see the ending coming and it's pretty disappointing. That is a spoiler alert. You don't have to tell me anything specific. Just telling me that it's not what I expect means that going in, I'm gonna watch it going, all right, they want me to think it's this guy. So it's definitely not this guy. And maybe it's this guy. And the whole time I'm so distracted by it, I'm not enjoying the movie. So. A big fuck you to that uh, to those people. So you got that trigger warnings you also wrote, which I don't believe are real. Trigger warnings aren't real. Like that. Let's just admit that, can we? Trigger warnings, not a thing. Like it, the only way I ever see trigger warnings is in an ironic tweet. Like trigger warning, but Honey Nut Cheerios better than regular Cheerios. Like there's nobody's ever been like 
trigger warning, I'm about to show you a murdered body on Law & Order. No one's ever said that, you know? So I don't think trigger warnings are a real thing. And then uh, people arguing on social media about politics. I mean, obviously, that's, you know, pathetic, and it's destroyed politics, and there's not really much to say about that. But, uh, you know, yeah, it's the worst and the downfall of us all. I hope that wraps that up for you in a nice, neat little barrel. Um, all right, we got time for one more, I guess. Let's go. And the rest of you guys, I'll save uh, till next week. But boy, oh boy, Austin sent in a crazy story. I'm very excited about that, Austin. I'll get that to, into that, into episode 11. And, uh, okay, here's the last one. This is a good one. This one's from Ted, and he said... Ted said, one of his things he sent was, um, there's a video out now for, this is, this is so many corporations in one thing, Applebee's, Cheetos, Flaming Hot Boneless Wings. And you gotta see the commercial for this. Nicole, we might have to put the commercial in or something. It is ridiculous. This commercial, it looks like, it pumped me up. Like, hey, I, it felt like I was watching two gladiators fight. It was, they have that song um, by Fall Out Boy that, light em up, 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 light em up, 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 light em up, 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 I'm on fire. You know, that kind of a thing. And there's like the dusting of the Cheeto flaming hot, like smashing into the boneless wing in midair. And then there's flames coming up and they're like, Applebee's, $4. Cancer, like they just they just throw these things at you, and it's so hilarious how far we've come as a society to be like, what if we smashed, what if we punched a bag of Cheetos, and then dusted that with boneless wings? We could sell that for an upcharge, right? And it's like, why not just inject diabetes into my nipples at this point because we're fucked, we're fucked as a society. If if this is where we're, and I'm not gonna lie, I watched that commercial and I'm like. Well, yeah, I'll try it. You know, like, I, I want to see what they're like. I worked at Applebee. I know what goes on at Applebee. Those go through a fucking microwave, all right, dude? Like, they're not, they're not the fresh, crispy wings you're expecting. But, I mean, it's like Cheetos. Do you need a cheese-flavored chicken wing with your flaming Hot? Can't they just be like, can't they just see the flaming Cheetos and be like, you know what? We'll do a little spicy buffalo, spicier buffalo. They had to throw the cheese element up there, probably because they got some sponsorship with Cheetos. And it's all a nightmare. And it's all a nightmare. And so that's what it is. But uh, Nicole, would you try the flaming Hot Cheetos uh, buffalo wings from Applebee's? I mean, they sound pretty exciting. I'd like to check out the commercial. Here's the thing. They sound exciting. But when we watch this commercial, and I don't know, I think I think YouTube would not fault us for playing. I mean, essentially, we're playing an ad for them. But in the thing, but let's play the ad. Let's well, you guys watch the ad. You tell me, at least in the beginning, the first 10 seconds of this ad. Light em up, 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 light em up, 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 light em up, 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 I'm on fire. I'm ready to fight someone just so that I can get my hands on these wings. And that is marketing. And that's why it works. And that's why everyone should watch Mad Men, you know? Because we're not selling the product, we're selling you. Okay? So um, that's the show, everybody. I have a little bit of this drink left, and I've made one promise to myself and now to you that I will finish the drink before. Every show is over, so you will hear the obnoxious end of my drink. Hold on. And you know what that sound means, my friend? That's my Blue's Clues. Oh, you heard that sound? That means the show's over. Time to go drink off camera. And, um... <laughs> Nicole, 
Who was that? <laughs> I don't know who it was. I don't know what it was. This has been a very different type of show. And enough of the people saying the last episode, oh, Mike, you're pretty drunk. I know I was drunk. I said I was drunk. I don't need you telling me that I was slurring in the comments. It's okay. called the drunk cast. Yeah, it's called drunk cast. I'm a little bit aware. And when you point it out, it seems hurtful. All right. So that's why I got in front of it and said, oh, this is a drunk ass and we're going to have a good time. And I said, it's going to be a problem 100 times in the episode. Nicole's not okay. She got her head on the keyboard. We, 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 we addressed it. You know, you should just be like, this is fun. But instead, people are like, whoa, real shit face. Huh? I can't believe you put this on the Internet. And I'm like, you know what? I'm keeping it up out of spite, but I will be self-conscious about it forever. But honestly, those are the most fun. And this is fun. I think this has been two hours. And I'm going to end the show by saying that um, I love you all. Thank you for watching. I'm excited for next week because, again, we still got a bunch of questions from we still got some more from Ted and from Austin and from CH. And uh, and I got a bunch of other things to talk about. I didn't think that this was going to take this long, but that's the beauty of this podcast. You never know where it's going to go. And until next week, everybody. Cheers. <laughs>